Okay, you can take your Bible, if you have your Bible there, and you can turn to Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24, we're going to look in the first verse of that. Now, let me describe a scenario to you, and we'll get started here. You can tell me, even though I won't hear you over the internet here, you can tell me if you've had the same scenario happen in your life. Someone has made decisions for you for many, many years. That person is now not present. Now it's up to you to make those decisions. Okay, You didn't ask for it, you didn't want it, but here you are faced with the pressure of making a decision. Perhaps that decision is something that goes contrary to what other people think you should do. Perhaps that, perhaps that decision is uh, uh, doing something to please people, or that decision is, I have to do what's right, even if it's not popular. Either way, the decisions are very, very hard, and you have to make a decision. You ever had that happen to you? I've had it happen to me before. You think about all the times in our lives where we were forced into a position to make a decision we were not comfortable with, but you still have to make that decision. It's a classic scenario. You, you see it on the Hollywood big screen. You see it uh, in real life. If you've never watched combat, you're really, really missing out because that's such a great show. Okay, So you've got Sarge, you've got Lieutenant Hanley, you've got Kirby and Cage and all these great cast of characters in World War II. And during one of the episodes, uh, Sarge is wounded. Now, Sarge was wounded about 400 times during this, uh, the, the, um, the complete series. It's incredible how many times the guy got shot. But he's, and he still lived. He's wounded during this one episode. And the second in command is the corporal there, who's Kirby. He's the BAR gunner. So Kirby's in command now. And now, yeah, this is pretty cool. He's in command. He gets to, he gets to say what he thinks, and he gets to give his opinion. But guys are getting hurt. People are being, being shot. And now, wait a minute. Now this responsibility on him changes everything. You've got soldiers who are insubordinate. You've got guys who are, are uh, uh, going against what he's saying, doubting his command, doubting his orders. And he just says, I just wish Sarge was here. And it's like, Sarge isn't there. You've got to make the decision. Long story short, he finally goes back to his training, stops trying to please the soldiers, and they get through the day. And, spoiler, Sarge lives, okay? So we think about that. It's something, it's a scenario we've seen down through the ages. You can see it in Gunsmoke, Bonanza, The Rifleman, you know, Shotgun Slade, all those great classic uh, old um, uh, TV series. It's the same style. Someone put into a leadership position where they did not really want to be, and now they have to decide what decision they're going to make, okay? So, we see that over and over again. Today, we're going to look at a similar situation play out for us with a different ending. And that ending would be with Moses and Aaron here. We're going to look at a classic situation that went terribly wrong and a few underlying observations of this moment in the Bible. Now, Exodus chapter 24 and verse 1, let's take a look here. And he said unto Moses, Moses, come up unto the Lord thou, and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses shall come near the Lord. Uh, I'm sorry, and Moses alone shall come near the Lord. But they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go out with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, 
all the words which the Lord hath said we will do. So then it goes through in the next several verses here. You see the Bible uh, uh, talks about God uh, um, uh, speaks to them, and then the people promise to do what the Lord commands them to do. Let's look in verse 8 here. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Okay? So they see this. Then he takes 70 elders right here. Verse 9, the 70 elders of Israel. Okay, here we go. In verse 10, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. How incredible is that? And as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also they saw God and did eat and drink. Now the question is, that's raged down through time, what did they eat? What did they drink? Well, after the extensive studying that I've done on this, I can 100% tell you it was fish and grits and they drank sweet tea. So you can dispute that all you want, but I'm sure somewhere in the Bible we can look and we can find out that is the perfect meal. When you think about the perfect meal, fish, grits, sweet tea, Oh man, that's just that's classic stuff. But we're gonna we're we're about that another time. Okay, so verse twelve here. All right, and the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone, and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. Okay, verse fourteen, and he said unto the elder the elders. Carry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. So here we learn two things from this passage in verse 14. We learn two things from Moses here. He says, we're coming back. Listen, we are coming back. The second thing we learn is he says, Aaron and Hur, they're in charge. If there's a problem, talk to them. Okay, we are all familiar with that. I mean, you can do that with, if your kids are old enough, ours are not old enough right now, but if your kids are old enough, you can, you got to run down to the gas station or something like that, and you say, okay, I'm running. Typically, the oldest one is in charge. I'll be right back, you know. So Moses here, he can trust Aaron, he can trust her. So he says, I'm going to be right back. Uh, it doesn't say exactly how long, but I'm going to be back. You guys are in charge. So those are the two things that we see. Verse 15, and Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. This is just incredible. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights. How incredible is that? Moses is in the presence of God there on the mountain for all the children of Israel to see. Now we see here that Moses and the elders of Israel, they have an incredible experience with God, dining in the presence of God, we see here in our passage. This is dining with Jehovah. This is the creator of the universe. We can't even fathom that. Just what we can see with our own eye is beautiful, but we can't fathom even what goes beyond that. Even with the Hubble Space Telescope and things we see, we cannot fathom 
imagine, fully grasp the creation of God. And this is that creator who spoke and the stars came forth, who stretched them out by his, with his discretion. You think about how incredible that is. These people are dining in the presence of God. Dining in the presence of God. Wrap your mind around that for a minute. Just incredible. So they're here in the presence of the Lord, the one who said, let there be light to break the darkness of the world, paving the way for a son who would be the light of man to break the darkness of man. You know, you think about how special this moment was, such a special, special time. Think about someone who you would love to go out to eat with, anybody in the world, this moment, and just be so special to go out and just talk with them, to fellowship with them, just for an evening. Now think about doing that, being able to go with 70 other people in fellowship in the presence of God. That would just be incredible. Now that's just an amazing time, but we're not going to focus on that right now. We're going to keep moving. God has work for Moses to do. So for the next seven chapters, seven chapters here, God speaks to Moses. He does not speak to Israel, okay? And now things start to go south. Before we look at this, let me ask you a question. Did you know that peer pressure does not just happen to kids or teens? Yes, peer pressure is rampant with adults as well. I want to take a look at that um, here right now. Let's jump up to Exodus chapter 32, and let's look in verse 1. We'll start there. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron, and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we what not what is become of him. Wow, that's pretty kind. You know, it's interesting. You think, well, they forgot about Moses. No, they didn't forget about Moses. They just stopped thinking about him. These people did not forget what was right. They just chose not to think about what was right. Have you ever had a friend in high school, especially in high school or college, or maybe later, maybe it was earlier, you know, elementary or middle school, and they were always in trouble. Isn't that interesting? Always, I know people like that, always in trouble. And I'm not just talking about doing, you know, going out and having fun. I'm talking about honestly causing serious mischief and getting into trouble. Isn't it interesting when we think about those people, they were never alone. They always had to pull somebody else into it. They were never content causing trouble by themselves. They had to go get good people to join them had to go get other bad people to join them. And then maybe, I guess, that made them feel better about what they were doing. But it's just interesting because it's not something that just happens to uh, one person or one group of people all the way down through time. People who cause trouble, they like company. They love it. Misery loves company. Troublemakers love company as well. So they come here and they said, make us, you know, hey, listen, make us gods. Okay, that's going to go for before us, because we don't even know where Moses is, okay? So Aaron says unto them, in verse 2, let's take a look at this. Aaron said unto them, how dare you? Who is on the Lord's side? Did he say that? No, he didn't say that at all. That's what he should have said. Aaron should have grabbed a sword and said, who's on the Lord's side? Aaron should have taken a stand. He was in charge. It was Aaron's decision. Aaron didn't do that. Let's take a look in verse 2, and let's read it the right way this time. 
Verse 2, And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, there's your problem, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with the graving tool. This took time to do, to sculpt something. It takes time, it takes skill, it takes effort. After he had made it a molten calf, and they said, This be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Wow. That's incredible. The molten calf here is a common pagan symbol um, of fertility with the Egyptians. The, 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 the uh, Hebrews would no doubt be very familiar with the Egyptian god Apis, okay? the god of fertility. And uh, sacrifices were made to that god and also very lewd, um, disgusting, immoral acts, to say the least, took place in honor of that god. So they took literally one of the worst gods you could find, and that's the one that Aaron created uh, a sculpture to, sculpture to, and then they started to worship that, and of course perform those lewd acts. Okay, So verse 5 here, and, Aaron, and when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. Man, he keeps going. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Incredible. Aaron just compounded the sin by calling it Jehovah thus breaking the first two commandments that Moses was getting up on the mount at that time. Let's look in verse 6. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Verse 8. They have turned aside quickly... As I said that, they turned, they turned aside quickly. This is something that happened very, very quickly here. How fast the heart of man can change. Okay? Verse 8. And they have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. It's amazing how quickly things have changed. Isn't this the guy? Isn't Aaron the guy who dined in the presence of God? It's incredible. Something that no one else had an opportunity to do. And now you're doing this. It's amazing. He goes from dining in the presence of the Lord to breaking his first two commandments. It's incredible. Now, they start to come down the mountain in verse 7. Let's jump to verse 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. And he said, It is not a voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is a voice of them that cry for being overcome. And what did he say? He said, But the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh into the camp that he saw the calf, this is Moses, and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot. And he cast the tables out of his hands and brake them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it with fire and ground it into powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel to drink thereof, which of course make you extremely, extremely sick. Moses here was livid, not just because 
the people were performing these lewd acts and doing these horrible things, breaking the covenant they had just made with the Lord, okay, the, the, the special commandments God gave them, he wasn't just angry because of that, but he left Aaron in charge specifically for this not to happen. That was the whole purpose. Aaron, you were left in charge not to burn the place to the ground spiritually. And that's just what Aaron did. Aaron was the one who provided the matches. It's just, we can't fathom, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Remember, he said, I'm going to be back. Aaron and her are here to guide you. And Aaron was one of the enablers of the wickedness. It's like Moses doesn't even know his own brother. Someone who he's related to, blood, he doesn't even know him. How could he allow this to happen? Let's look in verse 21. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee? He said, basically, Man, what did they do to you? What did they do that you would, that you would do this? And then he continues here in verse 21, That thou hast brought so great a sin upon them. Listen, Aaron, don't just blame them. Blame yourself. You were in charge. It was your decision. And you folded to the pressure. Aaron, it was your decision. And you caused this great sin upon them, is what Moses is saying. Now, Aaron here, of course, we know we're not going to get deep into it. He has his excuses. And, you know, I just, I, I just, I, I, and he comes up with all these crazy excuses. Let's look at him real quick in verse 22. And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Moses, please don't be mad at me. Thou knowest the people and that they are set on mischief. Okay, so they're just, their boys will be boys. You know, they're just going to go do their thing. No, that's not an excuse to do what is wrong. Boys will be boys, girls will be girls. Mischievous people will be mischievous people. It's not an excuse for sin. It's not at an early age and it's not at an older age. Aaron, don't blame the people whenever you knew what was right and they knew what was right and they knew what was wrong. Verse 23, For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we what not is become of him. Okay, so he's, he's given an accurate description here. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me. Now here's where we get a little interesting with our, our story here. Then I cast it unto the fire, and there came out this calf. Man, that would be an incredible YouTube video. You can just take this gold and throw it in the fire, and then oh, this thing comes out of the, out of the fire there. That would be incredible. I don't think Moses was buying it, but that was the story. Have you ever tried to cover up a story or as a kid? You lie and you're like, man, that was really, that lie was worse than the, no, no. And it just doesn't work out at all. It was a horrible excuse that Aaron has here, okay? So he says, I cast it in and then a calf came out. Verse 25, and when Moses saw that the people were naked for Aaron, had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. Now Aaron here has gone from a mountaintop experience dining in the presence of the Lord to aiding the people in idol worship and horrible, horrible other acts. How did he get here? That's the question. How does one person go from here 
doing so good, all of a sudden they're doing so bad. And the Bible says it was quickly. It wasn't a long period of time. And they had already forgotten what God had done. Let's take a look. A couple of let's let's look at one thing here. Let's make one thing clear, and then we're going to look at a couple of observations, and then we'll be done today. The first thing that we need to make clear before we look deeper into it is that Aaron was called to lead during this time. Aaron was called to lead during this time. Wait a minute, Aaron wasn't the children uh, of Israel. He wasn't their leader. That was Moses. Well, yes, that's true, but Moses wasn't there. And who was leading Moses? God was. So who should have been leading Aaron? God. There's no excuse. Moses was led by God. Moses is gone. Aaron, you're in charge. Now allow God to lead you in your decisions. Aaron didn't do any of that at all. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who I am. There will be a time in your life when you are called to lead, when you are called to make a decision, and you have to make a decision. Well, I'm not just going to do anything. Well, then you've made a decision to not do anything. There are moments in our life where we are called upon to lead. Even if it's not in some huge role, you're still called to lead in certain situations, okay? There's a time in your life, there will be a time in your life, when you are called to make a decision that will affect others. A time in your life where people will look to you for answers. A time where you will feel pressured to make a decision even if you know that decision to be wrong. You'll be pressured by other people. It might be with your family. It might be your friends, your co-workers, someone who looks up or listens to you. But remember, your decision holds weight. It does. Your decision holds a lot of weight. So the importance of your decision can weigh heavy on you. That doesn't change the fact that you still have to make that decision. At the end of the day, it is your choice to make here. Now, let's look here in verse 26. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. Wow, Moses comes down. What does Moses do? Moses leads. You know what's interesting? I can't help but look at that verse and go, that should have been Aaron's name there. When they came to Aaron, Aaron should have, it should have been, then Aaron stood in the gate of the camp and said, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. That's what I think. I, I, I picture what if Aaron's name was there? What if Aaron took the stand? But he didn't when he had the opportunity to lead. So the first thing we see here when we look at this, all the excuses that Aaron has, Aaron was called to lead during this time. So he has no excuse. You have to make a choice. No one else is there to lead. It's up to you. Okay. So Aaron here is called to lead. Now let's look at a couple of observations, perhaps around the mindset that Aaron had here. The first thing we see is we see Aaron tried to please others instead of God. He tried to please others instead of God. He had to make a decision. Aaron was put on, on the spot. He was put in a situation, and he tried to please those who lived for themselves. And let me tell you something. You cannot please those who live for themselves. You cannot please those who take and take and take but never give back because it will never be enough. You can't do that. You look in society today. 
You see people in society today who want to take and take. It'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. People in your life who want to, to take everything from you. They just want you to listen to them. They want to spill the beans on all their problems. And you're just a pair of ears for them. You can't do that. You can't live like that. Okay? Aaron tried to please those who could not be pleased. Okay? He couldn't do it. It always keeps going. It always gets worse. It's never enough. Look around. Perhaps they said to Aaron, times have changed. Listen, man, Moses isn't here, but we're here, and we want you to do this. And if you want to stay on our good side, we're going to need you to fall in line with how we think and how we want to live. And how sad that is that Aaron went along with that. Okay, Aaron built what they wanted. Did it stop there? No, it didn't stop there. Well, we want, to, we want, we want it to go before us. And then that led to even more worship and lewd acts and wicked, horrible debauchery. We see it, it always, always extends past what they thought it would. And now the camp is in chaos here. It escalated to all-out wickedness in the camp. I'm sure Aaron didn't think it would go that far, but it did because he tried to please others who could not be pleased instead of God. You can't have it both ways. In James chapter 1 and verse 8, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, not just one of his ways, all of his ways. You literally have a choice. You can please God or you can try to please people. And my goodness, don't try to please people. Don't do it. If you please God you will please the right kind of people. If you chase people who are never satisfied, it's a waste of time because they're never satisfied. Let's take a look here at the next thing. Aaron followed Moses more than he followed God. So we see the first thing here is he tried to please others instead of God. Now we see that he followed Moses more than he did God. Okay, a side note here, I wrote this down. I'm so thankful for my church. I'm so thankful for all of you. I love the fact that our church doesn't, doesn't chase a new fad. That it's not the, well, this is not popular right now. Speaking out on the truth of homosexuality is not popular, so our church will not mention that. Speaking out on abortion is not popular, so we will not mention it from the pulpit. You don't have any of that. Speaking out on, on, on sensitive subjects in society, it's not off limits at our church. We just speak the truth. Thank God for a place to where the Bible is preached and we can take that in and see, I don't care what man says, what does God say? That's what I want to know. What does God say? Aaron can see what the people are saying here, but what does God say about the situation? I'm glad that you don't wait around at our church for a year and there's another fad. Um, I just, I, I absolutely love that about church. Aaron here, he's just trying to please everybody. And now we see here that Aaron follows Moses more than he did God. He was depending on Moses for his spirituality. You can't depend on other people for your walk with God. Because if you do, they're going to be gone eventually. They're not always going to be there. And then what happens? Then the decision time comes. Moses, you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to make this decision. Moses 
isn't there anymore. He's not there. He's gone. He's, he, he's not in the situation to where he can make the choice. You are. Moses is gone, Aaron. You've got to make a decision. Let's look back here in, in verse 1 of our chapter, in verse 30, uh, chapter 32. And let's recount this again. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and unto him, uh, and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we what not is become of him. Moses, Moses didn't bring you out of Egypt. That was God. Moses was there as a vessel to do that. Aaron could have said, no, it's not Moses. It's God's the one who led us out. Jehovah God. Aaron, uh, 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 Moses is the messenger of that. But he didn't do any of that, which is sad. Uh, 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 Aaron just, it's a downward spiral here. Don't blame Moses for your decisions, Aaron. He said, well, wait a minute. You weren't here. Don't blame him for your decisions. It was your choice to make. We have to be careful that we don't follow a man, a person, a woman, doesn't matter who it is, more than we do God. That's where people really get into trouble. They get so focused in on someone's teachings that they forget about the Bible. The Bible will ground you in the things of life like you'll never fully be able to understand. Problems, the Bible has the answer. Guidance, the Bible shows the way. It's amazing to me how so many people focus on the self-help books, but the Bible is still the most relevant thing in this world. It's still the Word of God. And it's extremely relevant to each and every one of our lives. Does your boyfriend or girlfriend attend church when you are not there? Are they depending on you for their spirituality. What about your spouse? It's always interesting to me whenever someone allows the spouse to take the lead in their own spiritual life. And I've had friends that I've known down through the ages where we've had discussions about that, about having a walk yourself. If something happened to my spouse tomorrow, would I still have a relationship with God? Would I still be in His Word? Would I still be attending the church? Would I still be faithful? Would I still be exhorting the brethren? Or is my spirituality hinging on who I'm married to? Is my spirituality hinging on this person because I really want to date them? Is my, prayer, is my spirituality hinging on this person because, well, they've just always sort of taken the lead in it? You can't do that. You have to have a relationship with God yourself because that person's not always going to be there. It's so, so important to remember uh, in the Christian life. The third thing we see here, and this is the last thing we're going to look at two subpoints. First thing we saw is that he tried to please others instead of God. The next thing we saw is that Aaron followed Moses more than he did God because Moses wasn't there, so Aaron made a decision that was contrary to the Lord. The third thing we see is that Aaron felt he was alone, but he was not. Aaron felt he was alone, but he was not. He looked around and Moses wasn't there. And this is what he says. 
he said, Moses, they came and they said, you know, the people, they're, they're, they're mischievous people. They came and they said, well, Moses isn't here, so I did this. Moses, you weren't here. Moses, I was alone. I shouldn't have had to make this decision. This is essentially what Aaron is saying here. Moses, where are you? You're gone. But Aaron was not alone. There were two ways that Aaron was not alone. Let's take a look at this real quick. First of all, he had access to those who loved God. Aaron had access to like-minded people. There's a group of people in the camp who did not agree with Aaron's decision. Aaron was in the wrong and they would not participate. Who are these people? Let's take a look. Verse 26. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. The sons of Levi, they were there. They didn't participate. Aaron had the sons of Levi to support him. Christian, if you feel alone, please attend a church. Be around like-minded believers. It's so important. I'm telling you, the fellowship that you get at a church. Now you say, right now, well, wait a minute. I understand right now. I understand crazy times right now. But when all this stuff blows over and you have an opportunity to get back in the house of God and fellowship, with the like-minded believers. It's the most incredible thing. To exhort one another as we're called to do in God's word. To lift each other up during the hard times. We're not just a family of friends. We're a support group that exhorts one another and lifts each other up. Aaron here had access to the sons of Levi. But he made his own decision. The second way we know that Aaron was not alone was because someone was actually there the entire time. Someone had been there. Can you guess who had been there the entire time? God. God had been there the, the whole time. He never left Aaron. Aaron said, Moses, where are you? But what did he Think, where did he think God was? God was there the entire time. Let's jump back. We're still in our chapter here in verse 32. Real quick, let's jump back to verse 17. Okay, verse 17. And it says, And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. That's incredible. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. I don't know about you, but if Bogus Basin was on fire, devouring fire, my goodness, everyone would be out looking at that. It's the, it's the largest thing in the sky. This is Mount Sinai. Absolutely huge, just massive. It's on fire, okay? Moses, where are you? Look at the mountain. Moses, you weren't here. Where were you? Look at the mountain. The people come to Aaron. Aaron, we don't know what's happened to Moses. Look at the mountain. 
Look to the mountain. You can see it for yourself. God's there the entire time. But they chose not to look at that. Aaron, hold fast and tell the people to look at the mountain. Be patient. That's where God is. He's up on that mountain, the burning mountain. It's there the entire time. It didn't go anywhere. Tell the people to look at the mountain because that's where God is. Somewhere along the way, Aaron stopped looking at the mountain, but that didn't change the fact that it was still there the entire time. You might have stopped looking to God for answers, but listen, friend, he's still there, and he's not going to forsake you. He's not going to forget you. You might have stopped looking at God, but God hasn't stopped looking at you. He's still there, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not. He is. God is still there, ready to help you in your life. My eldest daughter, JL, had a febrile seizure several years ago. And she had had a bad a fever, and I'd actually I'd, I'd read something about it the night before, and she woke up early in the morning. It was about 5 o'clock, and she just horrible, screaming, horrible fever, horrible seizure. And it was very, it was frightening, frightening for a parent to see that. And she's just looking right through you. Her beautiful blue eyes just had looked like they had no life in them. And I scooped her up out of the bed, and she was just like stiff as a board. And I'm holding her, and Carissa's crying, and I'm in tears. And we call 911, and they rush down to the house. And we're going out there, and I'm, I have my daughter, and I'm going out in the early morning to get into this, get into this um, ambulance to go to the hospital. And I thought, God, how could this be happening right now? There, there's just, I can't believe this is happening. So we get in the, we get in the ambulance, we're driving there. And one of the paramedics, he told me, he said, listen, man, he said, I know you're scared right now. He said, but it's going to be okay. He said, it's going to be okay. He said, my son had one of these a couple of years ago. He said, we'll get her to the hospital, make sure she has fluids, try to get the fever down, and she'll be okay. And that was such a blessing for me, a huge blessing for me, just to hear someone say, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I've been through this too. It's going to be all right. Well, we got to the hospital, and Jill was in there, I think, for two days. And she would sleep. She was doing a lot better. It's a strange place, though. She would sleep, and I would hold her hand, and she would sleep. And the poor girl, she had horrible nightmares, and she would wake up crying. And then her hand was limp, and then she would grab my hand really, really tight. And I was always there. I made sure my hand was always either over hers or her hand was in mine the entire time, every chance I could. J.L. would wake up from these dreams looking for me only to find that her dad had been there the entire time and her dad was holding her hand the entire time. Even when she was asleep and alone, or so she thought, in her dreams, her dad was still there to hold her hand through that. Think about our life. Sometimes Things are going so bad. Things are so crazy. It feels like a dream. I've had so many people tell me this whole situation with the pandemic. It seems like a dream, like something out of the movies. And listen, God's there. He's still there. He's still holding your hand through this. You think about how important it is to have the presence of God. Even though we don't know it in the darkness, in the darkest of times, and near the 
toughest decisions that we have to make, God remains beside us. When life's troubles seem almost like a dream, God is still there. The question we have to do is we have to ask ourselves, do we want Him there? The children of Israel and Aaron, they had the presence of God. But they didn't want to look at it. They didn't want to acknowledge God in the situation because that meant that they weren't in control. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. They had to listen to God. How important it is for us to recognize that God is present in our life. Do you want Him in your life? Or is He getting in the way of how you want to live? Do you reach out to Him only during hard times? Do you acknowledge His overwhelming presence in your life? Aaron knew what it was like to dine in the presence of God, but he lost what it was like to walk with God. He knew what it was like to dine in the presence of God, but to be led by God and to walk with God, he had lost sight of that. Somewhere along the way, Aaron lost sight of the mountain. So in closing, let me ask you this. Are you tempted into giving into the peer pressure to please others? Don't do it. God's still there. Never please others over obeying God. Do you walk, does your walk with the Lord depend on a spouse or a friend leading the way? Don't do it. They're not always going to be there. Get to know God yourself. God is always present. He's always there. Get to know Him yourself. Have a relationship with Him yourself. Do you feel alone in the choices that you have to make? Look to the mountain. Listen, God has been there the entire time. Look to His Word. Read His Word again and again. It's not the last place we should go. It's the very first place we should go. God's Word still rings true to the heart of man. That is what will change someone. That is what will comfort you. The words of God. Look to godly counsel. Look to the people who love God. Look to your church for comfort and exhortation. Your church is here for you. Listen, give church a chance. It's full of imperfect people. Nobody's saying that the sons of Levi were perfect, but they would have backed up Aaron if he had made the right decision. Nobody's saying Aaron was perfect, but he had God there the entire time, and he had the sons of Levi there the entire time. He did not need to make this poor decision. No matter the time of day or the time of night, we always have immediate access to the Savior of the world. And that's so important to remember. What does he say? I will never leave you, nor what? Nor forsake you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So the most important thing when we're come, we're, we're given a decision. We're giving a, a timeline. We have to make a decision right now. We don't know what we're going to do. I'm going to make the bad decision. I, I, I just don't know. During that entire time, God is still there. Sometimes we just got to stop and look and acknowledge His presence in our life because decisions will come and we need God there guiding us every single step of the way. Listen, you are never, ever, ever alone. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. 
praying for each and every one of you. If there's anything you guys need, uh, uh, any prayer requests, please let me know. We're all safe and good here at the house. Uh, anything we can do to help, we'll, we'll try our best to help you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I love you all. I will see you soon. God bless you guys.